listening to Nerds on Film with Roxy Noberry, Sean Moriarty, Gina Giovanetti, and Brian Moriarty. Okay, so first off, hello. How are Hi. how is everybody? Not bad, not bad. Doing well. Yeah, welcome back. Good. Sarah. I am good. Thanks. It was clearly a very long break for me. We, so we, knew you, we knew you'd eventually come back. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, we basically just had really crappy timing, and uh, <laughs> this is uh, this is the Wonder Woman episode. So we said I, I would be back for it. No, it just, this is actually amazing planning. I want our listeners to have a very mi- confused mixed signal of whether you're on the show or not. Mm-hmm. To say you're leaving. And, and then two episodes later, come right and back. And then I'm right back. But mm-hmm. no, that's not the case. I'm actually not back as a regular host. I'm just back because it's a special episode. Mm-hmm. And it sucks that we don't have Roxy here. Mm-hmm. It's a bummer, yeah. But, but really, she was a little stressed. She needed. Mm-hmm. She really needed to decompress and... Some time to diddle the skittle, as it were. Oh, uh, no, no, no. Sean, Sean. The phrase we're using now is carpe beanum. Oh, Seize dear. the bean. <laughs> I will never look at jelly bellies the same oh, way. God, no. Oh god, no. <laughs> oh god, no. Oh. But I Sean was at the sweet factory just licking all of the fucking jelly bellies. <laughs> oh god, no. Okay, how do we salvage this? Um so none of them taste like Disneyland. tuna like I was promised. Yeah. I was just in Disneyland and that was fun. Disneyland. That was really fun. It was really, really crowded, as you can imagine, because school just got out, so yeah, but get on with it, Brian. Tell people what you really mm-hmm. want to say. Mm-hmm. You rode the Matterhorn. <laughs> we did ride the Matterhorn. Actually, I have a For funny the first story time, because you've been scared of it forever. This. Okay, so um, so I, I, I'm engaged. Um, Yay! Yay! Yay. <laughs> um, I'm not that excited. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sean's like, I love whatever, you, so I did it first. Oh. So, and um, we all said, let's, we all said from the time you were in kindergarten... Until just the other day that you were going to die alone and you proved us wrong. Even Vanessa <laughs> was going to say, you're going to die alone. Aww. And No, she didn't say that. She, didn't she would say, say that. that and shake her finger at you like the fucking evil monkey in the closet from Family Guy. <laughs> <laughs> how, how fucked up would it be if we find out that it was that was the case? And then she's like, see, I told you. And then she just like jumps out a window. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Right? Like, oh right, like, right after so the so dark. Uh, by the way, I Vanessa's just said in, that was in so the room, by the way. She's sitting <laughs> reading on her phone, just laughing and making embarrassed faces right now. Um, I love you, honey. Um, I really do. And she's blowing he a kiss. He does not. And then making a gesture like she's going to kill me later. Um, <laughs> then she'll die alone. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. <laughs> Reverse prophecy. <laughs> um, so let me just blow through it really quickly. Um, yes, I did propose <laughs> in front of the castle. No, it was not a big to-do. It was very personal and very private. Um, we did celebrate. We went to the Napa Rose for dinner that night nice. and had a very, very fabulous dinner. And then mm. we had like seven glasses of wine while we were at dinner uh, each. We got done with dinner at about 1030 at night and the park was still open until 12. California Metro had already closed at that point. So in that last 90 minutes, we fit in Indiana Jones, Matterhorn, and... Uh, Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. Smart. Oh, that's impressive. Smart. Yeah. 
Um, it's just Thunder Mountain Railroad, Brian. And so the best Jesus part was Christ. we got off of Big Thunder Mountain Railroad at 11.55, and we're like, oh. Is it Big Thunder Mountain Railroad? Has it been Big Thunder Mountain Railroad this whole time? Yes, I'm pretty it sure it is Big Thunder Mountain. It is Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. All I know is that when I took Reed to Disneyland for the first time, he kept calling it Big Rock Candy Mountain because he couldn't get it through his head. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then after that, he was just saying it just to be mean. Oh my just God. to spite me. Big Rock Candy Mountain. Oh my God. Um, well, so the, there was a joke that Sean and I had, which is like, are, when are you going to propose? And like, I think I'm going to propose on Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. When you see the goat with the dynamite, <laughs> yeah, that's the most romantic thing I've ever heard. Mall <laughs> <laughs> ah, rats reference. Um, uh, that didn't happen. Um, but so we got off of Big Thunder Mountain at 11:55, and we sped walked like crazy to Matterhorn and got in line in time. Like, and here's the thing: me and Vanessa, we're all dressed up. Our friend Adam was with us. Vanessa too. and I were wearing. Adam and I are wearing like button downs and blazers, and like we're we're dressed up. And Vanessa's wearing a dress. So you see me and Adam like Olympic speed walking through, like so on, full on, like hands were in that bladed motion where you're just like swiveling oh like crazy, God. like you're really putting your hips into it, like you're you're trying to so get you as just much. Look like big old dork. I was gonna say exactly. this. This sounded a lot cooler before you did the demonstration. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> I think the whole point. I was, was actually show... visualizing him doing the horrible demonstration, and then when he did it, I was like, oh jeez. You're, like, oh, you're like, oh, accurate. That's exactly what I pictured. <laughs> um, and I'm glad that I fulfilled your visions. That's why I'm here, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. So, you- so on that note, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> <laughs> welcome to Nerds on Film. I'm Brian Moriarty. I'm Sarah Ashley. And I'm Gina Giovanetti. And I'm Sean Moriarty. Guys, we got some stuff to talk about other than that. Mm-hmm. Wonder some Woman. Some things. I, I just want to mention real quick, you guys, Roxy is actually not here because... Uh, spoiler, Roxy is actually Wonder Woman. Makes sense. Makes she sense. is off saving the world right now. Have yeah. you ever seen Roxy and Wonder Woman in the same room? No. But if no, you go true. to the Nanotomy Instagram, you know what you will see? A picture of Roxy dressed up like Wonder Woman. There you go. Exposed. Yep. You know, it's true. And you know what? The more I think about it, Roxy deflects Sean's insults like Wonder Woman deflects bullets from her bracelets. She it all does. makes sense. You, pew, pew, true. motherfucker. You, it's true. You should learn. You absorb them and they rot you from the inside and she learns how to deflect them. You should be learning from her. And <laughs> I will say the way that she's actually able to wrangle Brian's emotions out, lasso of truth, anybody? I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. Truth. Mm-hmm. Roxy yeah. is Wonder Woman, y'all. Yeah. And I've totally and written in their invisible cars. dressing up like Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Masterstroke. It's hide in plain sight. It's brilliant. Yep. Mm-hmm. It totally makes sense. Anyway, so let's... Wonder Woman would never dress up like Wonder Woman, would she? Uh, she did in <laughs> no. the movie, obviously. Right? Uh, uh, well, yeah, if we've got to be so fucking literal. Like... <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let's talk about this movie, ladies yes. and gents. Oh, my God, um, please. Hated it. Kidding. <laughs> um, well, I think we should do what we normally do with these big apps is like, you know, do round robin like opening statement. Well, let's mm-hmm. have let's let you both take the mic first because this... we have vaginas. <laughs> Is that why? Yeah. OK. I yeah. mean, yeah. oh, Brian. You know you, nope. This... You patronized the shit out of them. You did the wrong thing. It's 2017. No. Fuck <laughs> That's not why I did it. No, we the, all know the real, that. No, the real talk is, is, you know, as women mm-hmm. who've grown up as much as we have and, 
not had a hell of a lot of great, powerful women. We have had plenty, but not mm-hmm. as many as the guys get. And we haven't had a really strong female superhero up to this point. So it does mean a lot Supergirl the movie. Yeah. Ruth Bader Ginsburg. <laughs> Janet Reno. Fucking... Uh, was there a female Ninja Turtle? There was not a female Ninja Turtle. No, 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 no. Donatello. There was Venus mm. de Milo in the TV show. Um. There was a female Ninja Turtle. Anyway, anyway. But, and Ruth Bader Ginsburg, by the way, that robe <laughs> is definitely uh, like, like you know how Batman uses his cape? Yes. She can use that robe oh, yeah, to, totally. to start some shit. I like, I'd read that comic. I totally want to see comic. just Ruth Bader Ginsburg, like, after doing, like, a proceeding, just, like, Flagging out her robe and just swooping off. Ginsburg and let's not out. forget. Let's it's going to be called Ruthless Bader Ginsburg. That would let's be forget amazing. That she RBG. also wields the cravat of pain. <laughs> that cravat comes out yes. and it can oh be used God. like a shuriken. Yes. That would be amazing. Yes. I like it. I like it. That okay, would be amazing. Gina, yes. please go ahead and start. What's your opening statement? So my opening statement is that I loved wonder woman i thought it was so so good and i saw it opening weekend i didn't see it opening day which sean kind of railed into us for but um i did go see it the sunday after it came out and i went with a group of there were six of us and it was me my mom my youngest sister my grandma my aunt and one of my girl cousins and we all went and we all like wore t-shirts like even my grandma borrowed a wonder woman t-shirt from me and we all went together and it was it was such an awesome thing to be able to experience with the strong women of my own family um like I know that sounds like I'm kind of reading into it a little bit too deep, but no, like my all. my youngest sister nope. especially, um, she is she just finished her second year of college for mechanical engineering, which is a very male dominated field, and she's completely owning it. But sometimes it's a hard space to kind of be in as a woman and so just to kind of like empower my younger sister and and my cousin too like I got I surprised them with bracelets that had their names on them and said uh in a world of ordinary mortals you are a wonder woman um so I like made it a whole thing and it's cheesy as fuck but it was it was so so good and to kind of to be able to leave that with them and have us all just feel so so empowered and so good after it and just so powerful was amazing and i saw it twice in two in within the span of a week i saw it the sunday after it came out and then i just saw it this past sunday with my boyfriend as well and so seeing it with like with them and then seeing it with him was like two different experiences and it was super super great and just to be able to experience it with people that i really cared about was amazing um one of the one of the best things is that we we were kind of talking about before we started recording that there are people that look at Wonder Woman and they say things like we already have Superman why do we need Wonder Woman bullshit um yeah and yep. you know there was I, I posted a picture of all of us who went and the the quote that I've been seeing floating around the internet is if you want to stop an asteroid you call Superman if you want to fight crime you call batman but if you want to end a war you call wonder woman and that really kind yep. of hits home the importance of having superheroes like this that you know all people can look to and show like hey look women are fucking awesome mm-hmm. enjoy <laughs> it yes. yeah right 
All right. Well, um, I. How do you fucking follow that? <laughs> well, I'm I'm gonna try. <clears throat> All right. <laughs> um, I really enjoyed this movie a whole hell of a lot. To me, the the only flaws were like basic movie construction stuff. Like there was mm-hmm. some third act pacing issues for me a little bit, mm-hmm. but um, more than anything, it was so nice to have this totally epic fucking character and and have her be female and you know it's like the same feeling i had after force awakens where i was like you know where i said i wish ray was around when i was a kid i wish this was around when i was a kid um for the amount of times that you know women have to or like young girls have to you know make up their own female characters or you know be the female version of a male character to, you know this just felt really great to have that and i'm so happy for all the little girls out there um I really enjoyed how like the born sexy yesterday trope where you look at like Lilu and Fifth Element or like the mermaid and Splash and that kind of thing where it's like yep. literal fish out of water and then kind of you know but like oh look at you average man who's teaching me everything but I'm really good at combat like there there's that kind of there's that trope that's been out there and this does such a good job of actually subverting it like dancing on the line of almost playing with the trope and then subverting it where you know he's trying to like tell her about the like when they're on the boat and he's trying to tell her about the world and she's like oh i know about sex like you don't need to tell me and then he keeps trying to like make himself seem like he's better than average and she's like no i'm impressed with your general averageness because you seem to be a decent human being like that kind of thing like it's just it's it's really interesting how they kind of subverted it and um more than anything i really appreciated about this character is how they played her as a superhero who as a feminine superhero who draws her strength from her compassion Mm -hmm. um and really kind of embracing things that are considered more you know stereotypically feminine traits and empowering those traits so Mm -hmm. i thought all of that was absolutely beautiful and extremely moving well said. Well said. Not indeed. as good as Gina's, but well said. Oh, okay. That's a lie. Sarah is super <laughs> articulate. I know she is. I'm just, this is my job. I fuck with you people. So let me say this. Um, You're supposed to say, what do you mean, you people? Come on. Sorry. <laughs> um, so let me say this. Um, when I was a kid, I had always known Wonder Woman and never really fully appreciated her until I was about nine years old. Because nine years old was when FX had launched as a channel. And FX started off running a bunch of old TV reruns. <laughs> and it just so happened one afternoon, I turned on the TV and found the Linda Carter Wonder Woman. And I'm like, what? It's a, it was a TV show? And I'm like, and I found it was on every day. I'm like, oh, I'm watching this now. Because I wanted to know what the character was like. And, of course, Linda Carter is beautiful. But that wasn't the reason I was watching it. I was nine. I wasn't really at that phase where I'm like... <laughs> You weren't like Looking super at... turned on by her twirling into her costume. Exactly. I, I thought. Well, I didn't know that she. First off, I didn't even know Wonder Woman did that. So I was like, "Oh, that's interesting." Because Superman doesn't do that. I'm like, that's interesting. And um, no, his is way lamer. The phone booth is dumb. The twirling was awesome. But also, you can you can twirl anywhere in modern day. It's a lot yes, harder to find a phone booth that now. Totally it's true. true. Um, but I loved the the TV show so much. And it was because Wonder Woman was compassionate. She would try to resolve issues first. And then when she needed to, she would kick ass. And she would kick ass in the best way possible. I remember the one episode where she ran after a plane and (laughs) stopped it. 
she just grabbed it and she swung it around. <laughs> I mean, it was in bad 70s special effects, well, but yeah. nevertheless, the act of her stopping a plane was like, I wish there was like a, I was like, because as a kid, I played superheroes until I was 14, 15. Um, yep. <laughs> and I always wished that even though it, now looking back and realizing it's totally against everything that would have been this core story of Wonder Woman, I always hoped that like she'd had like a nephew. Because I always wanted to be like the Wonder Boy or whatever that was like. Oh, that's so cute. And um, because I just thought she was a wonderful superhero. And it had nothing to do with, I just thought she was a great character. And I was very pleased at the other adaptations that came along. I thought she was great in the Justice League TV shows and so on and so forth. Going on to this. So I went into this movie saying, okay, I have a feeling they're not going to mess this up. But I was really, really hoping that they don't do any cop-outs and do any of the things that have been the mistakes that have been made on other su- female superhero movies in the past. And it did not do that. And I'm so glad that they did not do that. I'm glad that they kept the momentum that they had built from Batman v Superman and moved it forward. The thing for me was this movie sits for me the same place that Christopher Reeve's Superman sits for me. Uh, so Strong much so, words, Brian. so much so that for me, the first moment I saw Christopher Reeve fly as Superman, it was a magical experience, right? And uh, sorry for a minor spoiler, guys. I will get into spoilers later, but the spoiler mm-hmm. at the beginning is when they're in the trenches in no man's land. Oh my god! And Steve Trevor says, "There's nothing we can do," and she says, "There's nothing you can do." And she puts on the tiara and says, "But I can." Yeah. And she just mm. puts off. She takes off the. the she just and pulls off her clothes and she's wearing the one woman armor underneath it and her climbing up and like just like standing there and walking and they're opening fire and she's just like nope bullets bullets mm-hmm. bullets and then running and she's still dodging then she whips out the shield mm-hmm. and she's taking gunfire from a hundred German soldiers and fucking bombshells like bazooka shells they're mm-hmm. all You cried, it was pretty you? epic. Every time. I'm yep. crying and now we're re- talking about it. I did. I had a tear rolling down. Oh I was like, God. Jesus. Yeah. This is so epic. Um, it's beautiful. It was just, it's beautiful. Yeah. There have, there have been like articles that have been coming out that like so many, you know, so many people, but women especially during that scene, particularly that first like full scene of her in the costume. And it's just so, so strong women are just bursting into tears in the theater mm-hmm. because it's such it's such an amazing image and it's just kind of, you know, overcoming with like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I, I can understand why from a woman's perspective, why it's even more resonant for that. For me, it spoke out just because I see this person who, when someone will do nothing, she stands up and says, I will do something mm-hmm. about this. And against all the odds, she gets up there and she kicks ass. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and knowing the historical background of that exact battleground that they were talking about in World War One is huge. It, having mm-hmm. any familiarity with that, knowing just seeing her, the the gravity of her just walking out there alone, knowing that she can't, she couldn't actually go out there and kill everybody and stop it, but it, she inspired everybody. And it was strong enough to deflect all those bullets mm-hmm. yeah. and sit there. And it drove everybody to actually go and actually do something. She inspired well, everyone. And, and here's like another aspect of where I think it does a really good do- job of like subverting tropes in that one scene. And then Sean, I want to hear your opening statement before we yes. get heavy into this. Um, 
But I think it does a really good job of kind of going to like, you know, there's there's that opportunity where that scene could go one of two ways. She's either going to kick ass like she did or she's going to go out and she's going to get so overwhelmed by the the firepower coming at her that the guys have to come in and save her and save the day. Right. And, and get her out of it because she was too naive. Yeah. And I like that they went the, no, she's a flipping badass route. And like, mm-hmm. and again, that's where they're kind of like subverting that whole helpless female idea. And I just, I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. And please remind me to go back, circle back to this later because I have a comment about that scene I want to talk about. But yeah. The one thing that... All right. The one thing I will say is my final comment is the one criticism I have of the movie. And this is going to sound so stupid. But I wish there was a way that they had worked in the Wonder Woman theme song. And I, and, 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 <laughs> Jesus. Hold on. I know as cliche and as disco and as out of date it sounds, the lyrics of that song speak to everything that Wonder Woman is. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, like, make a haka dove, stop a war with love, like, all that stuff. Or even, my, my favorite one is, stop a bullet cold, make <laughs> the axis fold, change your minds, and change the world. And, like, in that one moment, she changed minds, and she was able to inspire people to be better people. Mm-hmm. And that is, in her essence, that is Wonder Woman. And it was there, but I just wish there was some way that they had worked it in. And I know mm-hmm. it's total fan service, and I know it's totally <laughs> geeky, and it's really, honestly, it probably would have made the movie worse by doing it. But that's the only thing. That's the it, only it bad may, thing I have to say about the movie. I actually have a couple of meh like criticisms we can we can get into that though i know i know sean sean has not yet made an opening statement ladies and gentlemen of this supposed jury (laughs) 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 i want to start off by kind of piggybacking off what brian said i was also kind of a little disappointed that the song what would have been classy is if they did an updated version of the melody but with the new theme elements and did it over the credits, but halfway through the credits. Like, like it's an orchestral doing version. Of, yeah, yeah, I would agree like, with yeah, that. Halfway through the credits, that would have been awesome. But I was totally fine with it. I'm fucking disappointed that there was no goddamn invisible jet. <laughs> okay? Was anybody else pissed? Um, not really, because it's World War One and the jets don't no, exist I yet. I know, I'm kidding. No, so. the invisible jet, no. I'm fucking really glad they didn't do the invisible jet and not even any stupid fan service to like show it in the background somewhere or show it, uh, you know, somewhere on Themyscira. But I, I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. It is, it ranks super high for my, and I love almost all superhero movies, save for a few. And it's high up there. It's at least in my top 10. It, I'd also like to note that it's outperforming, uh, the first Iron Man, uh, the first Captain America and the first Thor movie. And Man of Steel, too. at the box Man office. Man of Steel as well. And, oh, yeah, but fuck Man of Steel. I mean, I like Man of Steel, but, like, <laughs> we're, the, that movie got nowhere near no. where Iron Man, Thor, and Captain America, the first Avenger, were at. So I'm loving that all of the people that said that a female-driven superhero movie might not perform well all have to eat their fucking words. That is very satisfying. Um, and to, to talk a little bit about what Gina had said earlier about you know, if you want to stop an asteroid, call Superman. And people say, what do you need Wonder Woman for when you have Superman? If we're talking about this entire universe. If we remember at near the end of Batman versus Superman, where Wonder Woman was clearly handling Doomsday like a champion, mm-hmm. and Superman comes in and is like, nah, nah, honey, I got the Spiri thing. I'll take care of this. And gets fucking killed like a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and we can see, we're, and, we're, and we see in this movie, we're like, Wonder Woman handled a fucking god. What the hell did... 
Superman died in vain because of his own masculine douche. Yeah. <laughs> it's true because it really is like she was like seconds isn't, away isn't from killing Doomsday. Isn't what we said in the when we were reviewing that that we did? That we I felt like, like it needed to be the restated. To Wonder Woman, you jackass. Yeah, like like she had this. Not only that, but like she had the lasso of Hestia around Doomsday. He was down for the count. She was like they were like seconds away, and yeah, she was having a hard time holding him down, but he was on the ropes. He was totally on the but, ropes. She should have totally interrogated the fuck out of him, though. Been like, what's your darkest secret, Doomsday? Who's your, who do you have a crush on, Doomsday? Made him say a bunch of embarrassing shit before giving her the That's spear. Really true. Yeah. And when I met, did, did I say something that was offensive? No, no, sorry. no, I, no, you said on the ropes, and I said literally because she had the lasso. Oh, I, even, I wasn't even thinking about the pun. Yeah. But that's even and so, better. And to, yes. talk, and to talk again about the, uh, like, just uh, the, uh, how much of the idea of equality. And going against common tropes that are cop-outs, like both Sarah and Brian had said. I watch the movie, and when I watch a movie, I also tend to look around and I like to watch people's reactions to the movie. And they, the epic moments of the movie, like we talked about when she comes out of the trenches, the looks I saw on all of the men and women's faces were in the theater were exactly like the most epic moments of any other male-driven superhero movie that we've ever seen. Mm -hmm. And that was super satisfying to see. Just everybody just like... This is the most one of the most epic things, and all looking at each other like, oh, 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 oh. you know that you know when you do that with your friends when you're watching a super epic badass superhero yeah. movie. Yeah, totally. <laughs> it was outstanding. Yeah, well, good. So we all like. I rest it. my yeah. case. Episode over. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I know one of the, one of the things that was brought up, especially as one of the most impactful scenes of the whole movie was that whole no man's land scene of her coming out i guess do we need to do like yep. a spoiler warning that i mean spoilers, spoilers guys but, yeah, yeah. kind of already did we'll put it in the description yeah. i mean you've too. had like three weeks to see the movie yeah. at this point so um one of the one of the big things was you know that no man's land scene and i think it was very powerful that they translated the wonder woman story to world war one as opposed to world war two which mm-hmm. is historically what her comics where her comics featured her um, all of the all of the original Wonder Woman comics were World War II, but we've seen Nazis as a you know Marvel or comic book movie villain frequently lately, and so I do really appreciate the decision to translate that to World War One as opposed to World War Two. Yes, Sarah. I think that was a very distinct choice. Yeah, not just because of the oversaturation of World War Two, but mm-hmm. also to make opposite side more sympathetic mm-hmm. when of in a sense of her trying to you know like towards the end when she you know sa- effectively saves everybody you mm-hmm. know against the god of war like it makes him it makes the other side seem that much more uh worthy of potentially mm-hmm. being saved mm-hmm. so i think that's like i think that's why they did it because world war one had you can you know there's definitely two sides to that story. It's harder to it's say true. that with World War II. Very where true. You're just, nope, you're just slaughtering Jews. Yeah. So, and it's always, it was, you know, for me, it's all, it was almost, you know, so I know it's a fictional movie, guys, but like it's so heartbreaking when at the beginning, when she asks, well, what war? And Steve Trevor pauses and he looks and he goes, the war, the war to end all wars. And just, you know, that's just such a heartbreaking thing Mm -hmm. of, you know, even post that war, it was, you know, we still went through so much, so much horror. Um, But, you know, making making that 
translation to World War One, I, I think, you, like you said, Sarah, was a very well done and deliberate choice because it also showed it also showed a really good transition of yes, Wonder Woman Diana had been trained for war, but what the Amazons still interpreted as war. You see that that battle that they have on the beach when the Germans come through the portal, for lack of a better term, and they don't know how to fight against guns. That's a completely new thing. They don't necessarily, that understanding that war has also advanced has not necessarily translated. And also using World War One again, another deliberate choice, but mm-hmm. World War One had some of the most technological advances for mm-hmm. any war up until that point. God damn it! Well, that's but yet it was also, it was also still at a point when they were still using horse-drawn Right. Carriages and it was, it was, it was a turning point where you saw it was you could it was a clear moment where you saw war change. You still had elements of old war. You still had people riding in on horses to lead battles in World mm-hmm. War One, even though they had guns. You were seeing chemical weapons with mustard gas, which I thought that they used. And I think that the cultural significance of World War One changing the world more so than World War II even did. World War II has been done to death, and I think because of the Nazis and the atrocities, that's why it's focused on more. But World War One is really where the I believe that the civilized world lost its innocence, yeah. and and it also just changed culturally the entire world. And that's also what I think they chose it for because Wonder Woman, as this movie, is also changing the way we see superheroes culturally. It's the great journey of innocence to awareness. And yeah. that's, that's her journey in right. that movie. And you you see that when she's just like, you know, I want to go to war. I want to go to war, which is the impression that so many young men had at that time, too. There's a poem. Yep. I think it's I think it's Siegfried. No, it's Wilfred Owen um, called Dulce at Decorum Est. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, it's, it's a vision of... Um, there's a the the whole poem ends um you know it's to paraphrase it's um we all believe that old lie um dulce et decorum est pro patria mori which means it's good and honorable to die for one's country and that was very much the vision of war at the time was you know i'm gonna be a good old boy i'm gonna go to the front lines and fight the war and you see wonder woman have that approach too but she thinks it's just one guy she thinks you know you defeat Ares, the war is over. But seeing how her face changes when they're headed towards the front lines and they see these men coming back, missing limbs, and even it even gets into a little bit that um, World War One was the first time we really became aware of how the horrors of war affect people and post-traumatic stress disorder, which at the time they wrote off as something called shell shock. You see that yep. not only in the men coming back, but also... Um, uh, Steve Trevor's friend who is supposed to be this amazing amazing sniper but when it comes time for him to really show those skills he can't, he can't perform because he's stuck in you know as the 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 chief character mentioned he sees ghosts yeah and it's horrifying yeah yeah um, Let's talk about some of the sidekicks in this yeah. movie because so, there, there were some interesting side characters. I really wish that the secretary had a lot more to do. <gasps> Etta Candy. Yeah. Yes. Oh my uh, God. I wish she had a lot more to do. Yeah. And Etta that's, Candy, that's one of my criticisms. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Well, Etta Candy historically in the comic books has always been that kind of almost a comic relief without being a comic relief. I feel like at least that's She's, the way she was portrayed in the TV show. So 
she's definitely brought in a little bit as being like the comic relief chubby friend um with a name like etta candy but she's also smart af um she was very much based on um the creator of wonder woman william marston wanting to show women that even if you are something like a secretary or like a sidekick yeah you can still be a badass and Mm -hmm. In Etta Candy's origins in in the comic are a little bit different. She's not necessarily Steve Trevor's secretary. She was a like emaciated young woman that Wonder Woman found in a hospital, and Wonder Woman inspired her so much that she like got out of the hospital and like put on weight by eating a whole bunch of candy, which is the the comic relief part of that. But I loved how she was portrayed in the movie, and especially that she was in there at all because she's one of those characters that comic wise has been a little bit forgotten mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. in different comic formats well so to expand on the other characters in general mm-hmm. yes there's at a candy what i got the sense of this movie was when you had these characters like oh these are like the howling commandos and almost structurally i felt like the movie because of that felt like captain america but if Peggy Carter was the superhero. <laughs> oh, kinda, yeah. Um, actually, and I think that's a pretty accurate way of, mm-hmm. of breaking down the plot structure. Is that a bad thing? No, because no. it worked, and if it works, use it. Yeah. And the characters were different enough. Like uh, the Egyptian actor guy, I can't remember. I didn't remember his name. He was Sammy. Sammy was was good. The chief character. I was not. I I really could have done without that line where he was like. I don't know whether to be afraid or turned on or whatever. I was oh, like, yeah. really? Mm. Like- ah, but honestly, that it would be the reaction of a guy in his position, especially at that time. It's period and accurate. I, I, I guess so. I will say, out of the whole movie, if that's like the only bit of sexualization that happened. Well, that and it was like the whole, there's a whole island of you and like that kind of thing too. Also about the island, really wish we saw a little bit more in like body diversity. Yeah, on the island that was like there was a lot of different. Yeah, there was only the one, the one person that I saw that looked different than everybody else was like super slender, muscular, yeah. like CrossFit style, and then there was the one lady who looked like a bodybuilder with a little extra fat on her. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can we can you know keep gushing about Wonder Woman, and then we can get into the criticism. Like, well, and, what I'm yeah. saying is, it's like a, like as much as I love this movie, it was mm-hmm. so good. I really appreciated it. It was not a perfect movie, right? By any stretch. Yeah, I know. I get that. <laughs> but that's okay. Not every movie is perfect. there such a it, thing. Yeah, there may never besides be. Besides, I mean, Citizen Kane. Besides, I mean, Citizen Kane, like Chandler's list. It's a very short Citizen list. Citizen Kane movies. is. Oh God, we can't. <laughs> no, you. I fucking think Citizen Kane is one of the most overrated fucking <laughs> movies of all time. We can't. Probably. Okay. Let's not talk. Okay. I mean, I can see your point. I also see it as well. They are an island of Amazons. They are trained warriors from birth, so but, they're almost like female Spartans. In but that even case. when you're, you can still be extremely strong and not have the same body type as somebody else. You can mm-hmm. still be a little bit bustier. You can still be more rotund, stocky. Like, you can still be really strong and still be more rotund. You know, there's okay, that's like fair. Uh, so there's like there's that's plenty true. of body types. Even if you go look at a bodybuilding competition. They still yep. don't all look like the same. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. I mean, yeah. I, I I see that point. I've seen plenty. I've seen plenty of women that would be seen by the the mainstream media and stuff as being overweight, 
And then you find out, no, they're like Olympic fucking weightlifters and or shot putters right. or something like that. And they're actually very fucking yeah. healthy. Mm-hmm. And there were some buff yeah. ass women in these in these movies. Like, oh. I, I mean, like women who like I would afraid would break anybody. Robin, right? Oh, my Robin God. looks yes. so fucking, fucking badass. Princess Buttercup just like tearing it up. Oh, my God. It was so good. So good. Yeah, General Antiope was wonderful. I mean, just look. More like Princess Fuck You I mean, Come on. <laughs> The whole Hell. moment she yells, shield, and oh, jumps so into the good. air, and yeah. just like effortlessly, three arrows, spam over where, the rock. Brilliant. Where, I, like, where can I find this, like, workout video? Seriously, I, I, I want to do that. I, too, would like to be able to launch off something, pivot in the air, and kill three dudes at once. <laughs> I know. And I also really, um, I, I'm not a huge fan of bullet time in general, because I think it's obnoxious. I like how it was used in this movie. I thought it punctuated the action scenes really well. And actually, one thing I really appreciated about the way the action scenes were filmed is you could see actually what was happening. It wasn't so much like disgusting shaky cam that you're like not quite following. You're not seeing the punches hit or any, like anything connect. You're kind of confused on what's actually happening. Mm-hmm. I liked the way that they punctuated it. And they're like, no, you watch her power, motherfucker. Like, it yeah. was awesome. The fight <laughs> scenes were incredible. So um, good. I, the, the lasso of Hestia... I mean, yes, it's the lasso of truth, but like the fact that it was like this almost this anim this metamorphic sword, not sword, metamorphic weapon that she was able to use to her will. So good. Was awesome. So so cool. Um, It was. It was. That was fantastic. Um, And of course, her crushing a steeple. Like so good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I when I saw that, I was like, "Holy fuck!" I that was. <laughs> I think I actually said that out loud around children, which I apologize <laughs> to the children that were in the theater. Well, that was that was also like one of my favorite parts of the film too was that Steve on the beach at the mascara saw with General Antiope. They saw them. He saw them do that shield move, and then later has the other two guys yeah, help call him, back. Yeah. So then she can do it later, which is mm-hmm. is fantastic. I think. Kind of what Sarah was saying, though, about the the way that the cinematography was done. I think one of the criticisms I have, though, is I'm not a huge fan of the overdone slow-mo, especially in comic book films. And mm-hmm. I think ever so since... That's, so that's the bullet time that I was yeah, talking about. Like, I, I get the bullet yeah. time thing because, yeah. you know, I, I feel like bullet time and slow-mo are a little bit different in that bullet time is where you get that kind of slow motion stream of the bullet and mm-hmm. like, like, you know, kind of matrixy. Mm-hmm. And I get that because to the Amazons, guns are completely new. And so having that bullet time go and then showing that contact of the the one Amazon that was swinging across the rock, which is badass, by Mm -hmm. the way. Um, But it's it's that, that style where that has become very synonymous with Zack Snyder. And even though he didn't direct, he was a producer on this film. Um, It's, you know, that that style that was like, became very popular around like when 300 came out, Mm -hmm. that that need to kind of try to get every single comic panel that you can. It's it just gets so overdone sometimes. I, don't, and I felt like it was done so well in this one though. I, it didn't. It yeah. didn't. Yeah. Me. I feel there. There was. I think some of it I really enjoyed, but I feel like there. I I personally felt like there could have been sure. a little bit less. Yeah. yeah no. Yeah. You're you're perfectly entitled to your I opinion. Think, <laughs> I think it was done. I think it is overdone, and so that does it a disservice. But this was one of the shining cases of 
it being done completely yeah. right. Mm-hmm. And the, I fucking loved it. It was like, it, honestly, to me, it was almost like it was new to me again. Because I feel like I got, after like 300 fucking Sin City and then Watchmen, I felt like I was really fucking yeah. over <laughs> it, right? But, and then, so every time I saw anything like that after it, I was like, oh, Jesus, okay. It's cool. Yeah, all right, get to the next, get to some fucking character development. And then now, I felt like it was the first time I've ever seen it. Again. Mm. Okay, so okay, it was fair. so, and it was used so well that you had forgotten that it had even been used before. That's kind of cool. That's, yeah, I mean, again. And uh, thankfully, they've also stopped doing that for yeah. the most part in a lot of yeah. superhero movies. And I think, movies. like, you know, maybe if we have to look at it, that, like, Gal Gadot has so much, like, she has so much combat skill and training already from being in the Israeli army. And I don't really want to get into that whole thing Mm -hmm. because that's a big fat controversy out there too. But, um, not sure why everybody has to do it. She didn't fucking sign up for it. You have to serve that, not the fact that she did it, but it was some of her, uh, sympathies, um, that, or, yeah, no, support yes. for the Israeli army during the whole Gaza thing. So like that's a <laughs> it's anyway, it's, yeah. we don't want to get into it, but but because she has so much uh combat skill already, the fact that she has that training, I think that's why they were able to do that kind of slow-mo and you can really see her fight it like fight actually fight as opposed to like you know pansy actors who <laughs> who that's why they do so much shaky cam that's why everything's so fast and blurry and you can't quite follow the actual fight choreography all the time you know mm-hmm. okay i think they actually were you know focusing on actual skill mm-hmm. so. yeah um so let me ask you guys this i think we're all have we all said what we wanted to say about the strengths of the movie because i think yeah yeah i want to okay. say one more one more like what sarah just said Best fight choreography in a DC movie, period. Because, I mean, I love the Nolan films, but the fight choreography was pretty shitty. I mean, in Batman Begins, you could barely see it. Especially if you saw it in IMAX, it's, it was fucking horrible. Dark Knight, not a whole lot of... There's a couple decent scenes. And then Dark Knight Rises, some cool stuff, but nothing in a, D, in a DC movie has touched the choreography in that movie. Yeah. Okay. I I just I think one of the other things I really enjoyed about the film was that despite the fact that Steve Trevor and and Diana are both amazing fighters in their own right, you didn't have this kind of shoehorned in um, comic relief kind of fight to be the alpha sort of thing. Mm-hmm, no. Like yep. it was what you what you saw more was them kind of trying to understand one another and their very different perspectives of what war is and what the war is based no, they, on where I, they've come there from. There was a lot of supporting like her trying to see you have to understand why things can be so much better and yeah here, like here's my idealized version of it and why aren't you seeing it this way and he's like you need to be seeing it the reality way kind of and then them kind mm-hmm. of uplifting each other and supporting each other through the whole thing it was actually really nice it right. was really nice great relationship yeah i thought so too and that was an opportunity and that was one of those things where that could have gone so badly mm-hmm. because unfortunately some yeah. versions of steve trevor in the comic books even though he's always kind of been the male damsel in distress, but he can kind of carry his own weight. Yeah. He he has had a history in the past of trying to, like, use tricks and deception to get Wonder Woman to marry him or to be in a relationship mm-hmm. with him. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that they didn't go that route. I'm glad that they let that completely die with that part of history. And that it was a relationship that evolved, and it evolved based on consent. Very, very clearly, non-verbally mm-hmm. cued, yeah. but cued, but very mm-hmm. much so that it was a, um, that it just it felt natural. It felt yeah. like, and it felt like it, there are disagreements for less man versus woman 
it was more idealism versus yeah. reality. They didn't yeah. antagonize each other into boning. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, I also really, um, I also thought. Just wait for the unrated right. version, Sarah. Just oh, wait God. for the unrated version. Um, I also really um, liked the um, female villain. Dr. Poison? Dr. Poison. I thought, Maru? Yeah. I thought she was very, very interesting because they didn't, she didn't have much, she didn't have a lot of lines. But no. the scenes where she was in it, like you just saw the pain and the crazy and um, you kind of got the sense that it was like Her she whole, wasn't, yeah. she wasn't doing it because, you know, she wasn't doing all this because she really wanted to kill people, but she was doing all of this because she was doing it for the science. Like she was mm-hmm. doing it for the experiments and like, like that just was very interesting to me. Very kind of cool. She just seemed so detached. And then, um, then when, you know, Steve Trevor's like trying to approach her to like, you know, somehow like seduce her or whatever, he does it in a way where he's like not trying to like make her feel beautiful or anything like that but he's like doing it in a way of like i'm trying to appeal to your mind mm-hmm. and your love of science yep. and she's like oh yeah like it was just it was so cool i don't know i just thought that that like mm-hmm. i just thought her character was really interesting and it again that whole thing of like she was really just a, she's just a twisted person doing the stuff for the love of science and then kind of again makes her character a little bit more mm-hmm. acceptable mm-hmm. to spare her life at the end yeah. she's and some would – oh, sorry. And some would try to make the argument that that it would be a disservice not to give her more lines and stuff. But I think the theater of the mind created by her performance, her silent performances, just the story that she told yeah. with minor facial yeah. muscle movements was far more enthralling mm-hmm. than anything they could have done by giving her more backstory or giving her more And lines. to be able to act with your face that much while well, you've got a, like half your face covered like with a, a mask. Like a century prosthetic. Right? That was epic. Yeah, yeah totally. Um, okay, so then if that's being said, let's get into maybe some of the things that we thought could have been better. Okay. Um, yeah. So I've talked about representation on the island. Third act dragged mm-hmm. a little. Uh, talked about, I think, some of, the, some of the parts were a little over-sexualized than they really could have been. Um, just a few lines here and there that were like, ugh, kind of I mean, icky. I... I, I didn't have as much of a problem with the, you know, I'm scared but also aroused, yeah. I think, as much as some other people did. Mm-hmm. Because it gives you an idea of who that kind of a character is. Sure. Um, but also, like, who knows the last time this dude saw a woman, too. Yeah. Especially, mm-hmm. like, a strong-ass woman. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but, it, you know, the, he was kind of giving off that impression of kind of almost like the very sort of, like, Pepe Le Pew Frenchman yeah. kind of as well. Yeah. I'm not saying it's the most <laughs> acceptable, right. but I wasn't like it it I wasn't like thrown by it either mm. um because for me that kind of a line also communicates like as a woman you can also be scary and sexy sure. at the same time sure. like I understand there is that perspective of the male gaze but it's just mm-hmm. like guess what you can be powerful but also sexy as fuck that's true that's true yeah. it just it did give me a, like an eye roll moment where I'm like mm-hmm. um I think for me but I think I but to be devil's advocate, and I'm not saying that this is my opinion whatsoever, but just to be devil's advocate, you could say that they that they kept it equalized when you had that moment on the boat where she was like, you know, we realized that we don't need men for pleasure yeah, that's kind true. of thing. Which by the way, that on the opposite end of that, if you're talking about different perspectives mm-hmm. viewing the movie, I felt yeah. like it, you know, there were there were eye roll moments on both sides, but I thought 
I'm right in the middle. I thought both of them mm-hmm. okay. were By awesome. the way, that boat scene, totally improvised. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. Nice. Oh, yeah. that's so good. Um, awesome. That's outstanding. Yeah. I didn't I, know that. I, I had a little bit of a criticism about the boat thing because there was the one conversation in there where on an island of all women – there was a comment that Diana made that almost did seem a little bit heteronormative, though, too, in that um, Steve starts talking about how, like, oh, you know, we don't sleep with women unless we're married. And she she seems kind of naive to the idea of what marriage is, which almost to me, I interpret it as does marriage not exist on Themyscira between oh, all of okay. these women. And so, which is interesting because there's a more recent issue of, um, of Wonder Woman where you see her like presiding over a um, same sex marriage and you know, that she's like, you know, ordained or whatever to do so. And I think it's Superman that's taught, mm. that's like, Oh, like I didn't know you were, ordained or you know or that you were like into gay what like gay marriage or whatever and she looks at him and she goes i come from an island of all women it's just called marriage where i come from right so i thought that that wasn't was a little bit weird to me that it was that she, she i mean yeah i could totally argue that away as maybe they would just have like a communal sort of situation going on and that's marriage cool really too. isn't a thing no that's yeah, cool too that's what like, i always think that's what i kind of got from it marriage like they don't really need a thing. societal they're, structure they're for that no that's yeah, yeah. It, i mean it's that's true cool. it's i mean i kind of got that sense too and i mean i see both sides of it and that's yeah yeah no i i, I haven't thought about that argument i appreciate yeah. that because i i could totally see how somebody could take it that way yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. i think for me where the movie uh, my Gripes with the movie are only really, really three small things. Um, one the theme lo- song. What, well, <laughs> well, you already talked about that, right? So that, that, that's one. Um, the second, Ludendorff being used as a red herring was a little the. Oh sure. Um, uh, and the third was that, like, the moment they introduced the idea of the God Killer, I'm like, okay, it's not the sword. Mm-hmm. Like, I knew from the moment I saw oh, that. Sure. I'm like, okay, it's not the sword. Yeah. It's See, jeez, we, we talked about this. I had the opposite. Is I totally, I, within the first 20 minutes, I knew exactly who Ares was. And I looked at my buddy who was next to me who had already seen it. And I was like, that's fucking Ares. And he goes, mm-hmm. what? How the fuck did you know that? I was like, I just have seen way too many movies and I know all the tropes. But I didn't see the God Killer thing coming. I mm. thought it was the sword. I didn't think it was her. So I, I, maybe because of the red herring of the sword that was done in Batman v Superman. Is that maybe, maybe. why? Maybe. I just I thought it was so interesting. When the the thing about Ares and the reveal on Ares though, I um when I when they introduced him as the British dude, I can't remember his name now. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, Sir Patrick. Yeah, Sir oh, Patrick. Yeah. And I was just like it's the it's the bad guy from Dragonheart. Oh god, it's <laughs> so <laughs> it is. And, it's then, also... and then and then and then I was like, so it's the bad guy from Dragonheart. He plays really good bad guys. I That's bet he's him. a bad guy somehow. But he's also Remus, <laughs> but he's also Remus Lupin. Let's yeah, not forget I don't, that. I, so I didn't watch the Harry Potter was movies. Was I the only I one who was like, he was the weird guy that we saw the entire island through in the island of Dr. Moreau. <laughs> oh, wow. He was our, he yeah. was our, the, our conduit. Just that's, as, that's fair. Yeah, just as an aside, I also did not like him as Remus Lupin. I thought he looked like a pedophile. So oh. I was yeah. just like, no, Harry, he, don't, he, go, don't go into the like forest with him. <laughs> so don't do it. Don't do it. There's no reason a teacher needs to be alone with a student. I need <laughs> um no i no. get that but no yeah. but i totally was like i was like he's gonna betray them somehow and mm-hmm. i did i didn't know how i didn't know that he was gonna be aries because i honest i honestly did not think aries was actually going to show up oh that's i didn't think that aries was actually gonna show up i thought that was gonna be like a thing for a sequel 
And well, there, do you see? You don't read the comics. <laughs> I, I don't. See, that's, that's actually an issue that um, my, I keep calling him my boyfriend. He has a name. It's David. Um, that David and I both had with the film was that we both kind of felt that having Ares in there as a character was a little bit too much. I did. I. I did predict that it was Ares, though, because the first line that you hear him really get out is peace at any cost, yeah. which does yep. not make sense. Right. And, you know, I think having having it be kind of misleading was like, OK, I never believed Ludendorff was Ares, but I know a few people kind of had, you know, as they were watching the film, their brains kind of flirted with, with the idea that Dr. Poison might be Ares. Mm, okay. um, mm. But I, I did see that he was Ares totally coming um just david thulis weirds me out guys um <laughs> david thulis michael fassbender's teeth like really they were yeah i've never um, paid attention to his teeth and normally i can't stop staring got, at people. henry cavill's teeth bug the shit out of me just watch shame gina and you won't be able to look at his teeth anymore because you'll just be thinking about his long ass dick no i don't know michael fassbender <laughs> has teeth like a manticore and they're gonna like pull my soul out of me and i can't so oh <laughs> after that after that aside um i uh, yeah the 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 ludendorff as aries was kind of like Eh, but what I was getting at about Ares was almost a little bit too big of a thing. And I think it is something that they wanted to kind of tie into the comics, because if you if you don't necessarily read the Wonder Woman comics, um, New 52 and some of the other Wonder Woman comics rebooted Wonder Woman's backstory and that instead of her completely being formed from clay and given life and being, you know, a woman created by women, she was a biological child of Zeus and Hippolyta. And, you know, they had to keep her a secret because in all of these myths, all of Zeus's kids are all trying to kill each other because Zeus can't keep it in his fucking pants. Um, <laughs> but True. Yeah. Um, but one of her, her big nemesis has always been Ares because he's the literal antagonist for everything she stands for and mm -hmm. I think you know New 52 kind of ended on a sense that um because Wonder Woman bested Ares she could now take his helm and ascend to Olympus as Ares which is kind of a identity oh. crisis for her so she's the, she's essentially she, like she athena essentially became yeah she kind of became like she became she didn't become athena she became Ares. she took oh, wow. up the mantle of Ares because she killed Ares. so she is Ares now it's like she had the elder wand now um well, but they, they've done this whole thing with the wonder woman ascending to godhood a couple times because i know mm -hmm. there was a plot point during uh, a jla run where Hippolyta became Wonder Woman because Diana died. Mm -hmm. But when she died, it, because she was a demigoddess, she was granted godhood and she became the goddess of truth, basically. Mm -hmm. um, which I think is more interesting. I think it's interesting that they would they could have gone that route. Interesting that she's now a demigoddess. Mm -hmm. It makes complete sense. Um, the whole idea of like Aphrodite granting her life like is mm -hmm. cool, but it's it's a little like eh. Yeah, it's not as interesting. I think my. But I thought it was cool, uh, like what Gina said, though. I thought it was cool that they blended both. Yeah, totally, brilliantly. It was done. like she yeah. was told the fairy tale as a child that she was formed from clay, but by the end of the movie, you find out that it, she was actually Zeus and Hippolyta's 
daughter like that's, they do in the new 52 yeah that's that's exactly what new 52 did that that's what she'd been told as a child and then was this oh kind of they like oh okay so they didn't there. totally throw away the whole yeah form and from then clay the part. Okay. the current the current dc run of wonder woman called rebirth it starts off with wonder woman having that kind of identity crisis of you know i don't know was i made from clay am i the god of war and it kind of tries to blend mm. all these stories together to a point where she's kind of confused as to who she is to the point where she can no longer find the entrance to the mascara which is one of the other things is in in the movie they had uh, hippolyta telling her if you leave you may never return that doesn't mean she can never ever go back to the mascara it's you may never return in that you might get so caught up on earth you may not ever come back here. It's not, it's a, you know, you might not ever return, not a you can't ever return version of May. Um, but what I was what I was getting at was like as with Ares as a character and setting Ares up as being kind of like the cause of war and sort of thing, it's really hard for me to reconcile when, you know, oh, you you killed Ares and war ends. But historically, you know more war happens. And so uh, David and I were having this conversation after we we watched it where um, it would have been more interesting to, for us to have seen Ares as kind of a recurring character. Because Ares, as a direct antagonist to everything Diana stands for as being, you know, peace and love and everything to immediately think you're now going to live in an idealistic world because you killed the god of war it's not gonna fly and it's unrealistic Mm -hmm. and so i think having her kill off the god of war was a big kind of "Mm, i don't know how they're gonna to deal with this now because you kill that guy okay it's supposed to be peaceful now what now yeah totally but it's but you know humans yeah right and the humans are going to they they don't necessarily need a puppet master on that level mm-hmm. but you could argue that aries that's aries is still so powerful even in death that his legacy of what the, that war that with that where the world the civilized world lost its innocence like i said before mm-hmm. created an environment where we still had world war Two. we yeah. have things like vietnam we have things like what's going on today well, I don't think Maybe. I don't I don't, know. I don't think Ares is dead because yeah. the gods of Olympus are immortal yeah. and he's been weakened and he may not be able to take on a like a corporeal form right now but he's kind of like Voldemort. He's not dead. <laughs> um he he just just isn't. But I also speaking to your point, Sean, Steve Trevor's monologue of yeah, maybe right. they don't deserve saving, but it's not about that. It's about what you believe. Like it's yeah. like mm-hmm. that was like yeah. That was beautiful. Like, like, like that was some. First off, this is some of Chris Pine's best acting. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I would agree. Yeah. He was a great Steve Trevor. He killed it. Ah, uh, but some of his best. But you know what his best acting ever was? Ever. What? Fucking smoking aces. Oh. Do you remember him? How weird he was in smoking aces, <laughs> when he like kills Ben Affleck and like has a conversation with him and moves his lips. I forgive you. <laughs> it was so epic. That that movie's kind of a shit show, but that was one of the best parts of a movie in that decade, I thought. Okay. Yeah. And he was pretty good in Hell or High Water. The movie Hell or High Water was kind of boring to me, but he was great in Hell it or was. High Water. Um, great. I mean, that was... I don't know how much more we have to say about this movie. I think we've kind of studied everything we wow. need to say. Is there any other final thoughts you wish to share? I think one of, one of the other things I know 
there's been a little bit of an issue with is that Wonder Woman does preach this message of peace the whole time, mm-hmm. but then kind of seeing her go ham at the end and kind of seeing how because e- up until that point you see her mostly defending and I get that, but just kind of seeing her go ham at the end, I think a was humanizing, but it was also a little bit counterintuitive to this message that they were trying to use her for too. Um, I think it was more of, uh, a thing of overcoming your base impulses, you know? Mm. Um, I think there was a, a certain level of, um, you know, because she was so, she had blinders on of just kill Ares, kill Ares, kill Ares, was thrown off. Oh my God, it's not actually Ares, it's this guy. And like, I think it was kind of this whole thing of like, like kind of overcoming like this basic impulse and see the bigger picture mm. and do what's right for the bigger picture, you know, mm-hmm. and, that, and that whole thing of, um, of you know, her like, you know, about to chuck the car on, you know, Dr. Poison or whatever. And like, and like pulling away from that and like, no, like that kind of, again, that it's like very, I mean, super common, like to see in movies. It's very or Luke whatever. Skywalker, Emperor Palpatine. Totally, no, that's but, true. But, but like, yeah. I think it's base but primal. I, yeah. So I think it's like a matter of like, yes, she is human. She's not a perfect character, which thank God, because I would hate to see like a DC character be too perfect because that would just be <laughs> too ter- big turnoff for me. Um, but like to have, like to have that kind of like, you know, flash of weakness and overcome it. I think that lends a lot of growth to her character yeah. because I think that's how mm-hmm. she was able to then generate that realization of, you know, humanity is worth that. She believes that humanity is worth saving Yeah. Mm-hmm. whether they deserve it yep. or not. She believes that they're worth saving Which... and then takes her to the next level yeah. of like, super badassery and i mean it's interesting because that's the similar trope that that superman goes through in man of steel too there's this whole idea of you can save them they're not they're flawed people but they're, they're yeah. worth saving mm-hmm. and that there's that interesting parallel that she has with superman in that regard i think for me the final point on this film is that the one thing i thought was really really awesome is it is so rare to find a superhero movie where the superhero really truly undergoes a full arc mm-hmm. within one film mm-hmm and True. this, like, not since like Christopher Nolan's Batman movies, do I have we really seen a superhero movie, at least in the DC universe, I would say, that reflected that. You know, um, she is not who she was at the beginning of the movie, and mm-hmm. she's much closer to the the Diana we meet in Batman v Superman now, and then we understand why a little bit more. Mm-hmm. She's a little more yeah. world worldly, a little more weary, um, but yet her message it hasn't changed, and I think that was yeah. And the whole MCU, though those movies are so huge, it's become it's because it's so huge. It's become episodic. You don't have a whole lot of closure because you have to keep it open for the next movie, the next phase. Yeah, and I think it's a great. And they, you know, they left it open ended here, but I felt like, like you said, the character arc. You don't, you don't have to see a full. I mean, we haven't even seen what's really going to happen with Tony Stark. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. We saw Wonder Woman's character come to fruition. In this film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we know that there's still a place for her to go, but mm-hmm. like she's had her hero's journey and she's she's ready to see what's what's next for her. And um, I'm really looking forward to that. And I really I really wish they though they had released it before Batman v Superman because that would have <laughs> made it. That's the only thing I would say. Is I wish they had done it before that because I still you know. I've I've ho- oh, yeah. I would have informed but, that movie a lot better. This I is think. A, a great 
great film. Mm-hmm. And I'm super excited now for Wonder Woman and to be in Justice League and to kick ass and to continue that through line mm-hmm. to that film. I, That's my final thought. I, I got to say, this is, this is my final thought on the whole thing. I actually feel like I want to read a DC comic now. Oh my God, do it. <laughs> Holy shit. I do. I totally, like, now I'm like, oh shit, I want to read what happened. Like, I want to read Wonder Woman. I've never given two shits about reading a Batman comic. Never wanted to read a Superman. Oh my. Wanted to wipe my butt with a Superman comic is frankly how I feel about Superman sometimes because <laughs> he's so, like, Boy Scout. Um, but this makes me actually want to read a Wonder Woman comic. So, yeah. The idea that you haven't read The Dark Knight Returns makes me think that you're kind of, like, not a person. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> I mean, I am a person, I assure you. I, I just... can see you. You have the form and everything, but you could be a hologram sent to fuck with me. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> well, tell you what. Maybe maybe I will actually consider reading it now that, now that DC has uh, proven itself to me a little with a decent character. I mean, I'm glad you say that because the the thing is that there are actually are some really rich stories. <clears throat> yes, understanding that Superman and Batman are very polarizing characters, but there's a rich Wonder Woman history. There's a rich story with a lot of the more second tier DC characters. Uh, the John Stewart Green Lantern is a wonderful backstory to talk about. Hal Jordan's has got some good stories too. He's had a definite like he's been through some hell. He's literally been through his own version of mm-hmm. Green Lantern hell. Um, Barry Allen's Flash stories are fantastic too. Like, if this is what this is going to be like, and this is what it's like when they do a DC movie, right? We're in for some good stuff down the yeah. line. That's what I'm I ac- think. I'm actually interested in going to see the Justice League movie now because my my Wonder Woman show had a Justice League trailer before it, and it nice. looked dope. Nice. Um, kind of on that note, um, if you're also interested in learning more about Wonder Woman and kind of how she came to be, I'm going to shamelessly plug a book called The Secret History of Wonder Woman by Jill Lepore. Which um, Gina just gave me right before recording, so I'm really excited to read it. It's really, really good, guys. It ta- It's like quasi-history of Wonder Woman, quasi-snapshot of what the, the worldview was at the time, as well as, you know, the, the evolution of feminism into what it is today, and quasi-biography of William Moulton Marston who created Wonder Woman as well as uh, both of his wives Elizabeth Holloway and Olive Byrne yes creator of Wonder Woman was polyamorous mm-hmm. um, read read this book it's so good and you'll be able to see kind of how her story evolved based on the political climate at the time as well as Marston's own evolution as a person along with um, Sadie Elizabeth and Olive um, there's also a movie coming out relatively soon-ish within the next year, I think, called Dr. Marston and the Wonder Women that's going to kind of re- biopic, I guess, type reflect that story as well. So if you don't want to read the book, go go see that movie was also. He, was he polyamorous or was he polygamous? Because there seems there's a difference. So I say polyamorous in that the implication that Olive Byrne was a partner for both of them okay. was more prevalent in that okay. Sadie Holloway, Elizabeth, she went by Sadie, um, Olive Byrne was someone that they both Okay. We're in a relationship with. Okay. And that's why I use the term polyamorous instead of polygamous. And yeah. their relationship went on after Marston died, correct? I believe so, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Um, okay. But yeah, such such a good book. Um, and I think my closing thoughts on the film can be summed up by a couple things. First, um, 
my youngest sister sent out a Snapchat after we got out of the theater where it was just her face looking so content. And the caption on it said, fuck me up. Wonder Woman was so good. Nice. Um, <laughs> after I saw it with David, we went to dinner and uh, we cheers to uh, his words uh, to Wonder Woman, a movie that had a lot of expectations writing on it and actually pulled it off. Nice. And finally, bringing it full circle to Brian's mention of the original Wonder Woman theme song with Linda Carter, the opening line of that is, Wonder Woman, all the world is waiting for you. And I know I'm waiting for more Wonder Woman now. Nice. Mm-hmm. nice. Absolutely. Sean, your final thoughts? My final thoughts are I'm even more excited, like Gina is, to see the JLA movie because even though I still defend and like Batman versus Superman, it did leave a lot to be desired and it did leave the my uh, desire to see JLA a little bit in limbo uh, more so than before when I was just psyched to see any of these characters together finally and not in fucking Super Friends form. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, I personally was really disappointed that Zan and Jada were not going to be in one oh in God. Justice League. I'm just saying, Wonder Twins <laughs> are to me a seminal part of that team, um, and so is Wonder Dog. Jesus. I don't give a shit what you all God think. Damn it. So Ugh. is Wonder Dog. That dog needs to be on sta- on camera, and he needs to have a motherfucking cape. <laughs> I'm excited I'm to know. see another Wonder Woman movie. Uh, the one uh, final final thought, tiny criticism: the killing Steve Trevor so quickly and not leaving it open to have prequels that you could put in between the present day and well not necessarily killing steve trevor but i feel like killing steve trevor because he was such an integral part of that story was like we're not going to talk about wonder woman anymore from this point to when batman versus superman happened we're just going to show her in present day like they did with captain america they froze captain america we're not gonna. We're not gonna. We might not see like her living through all of that. I'd like yeah, to see more. Yeah, I want to. Yeah, I want to see that. I want to see that backstory yeah. a little bit. Or he, even if they did like. Um, I mean, unless they're planning that for sequels, in which case I can understand why they didn't do it. But like, I would have liked to see almost kind of like a artistically done montage of her kind of going through some of the eras to get to now. Nope. And remember, it's DC. Nobody's I dead. The... Remember, Ares isn't dead. Steve Trevor's not dead. Superman's not dead. <laughs> well, I, I got the impression that she never stopped being Wonder Woman. She just worked a little more secretly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in the years in the past. And, you know, honestly, what I think is setting up, they're setting up for, especially when you can see this now correspondence that she and Bruce Wayne have, I think they're setting up a, a, a relationship mm-hmm. there. Because there is some history of a mutual attraction between Batman and Wonder Woman in the comic yeah. books. Mm-hmm. It's never resulted in an actual relationship. Yeah, she had a relationship yeah, with just, Superman anyway, just which is angry, stupid. Like angry handies. A little well, bit. we've established <laughs> in Mallrats that she's, her womb is the only one that can handle Superman's <laughs> semen. Uh-huh. Or else a normal girl would go like a shotgun blast right through her back. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Okay. So on that note, let's get to feedback. Listen to feedback. We have one piece of feedback, uh, and the subject is uh, in response to dinosaur rape and Sarah praise. Message, statutory stegosaurus. (laughs) P.S. You'll be missed, Sarah. I've been listening for five years, and you've been a wonderful addition to the podcast. Your point of view and opinions has led to some interesting, dynamic, and hilarious episodes. 
It's sad that you're leaving, and I look forward to hearing your voice in the more major episodes. I wish, <laughs> I wish you well. I wish you well in your endeavors, Jasmine. Thank you very much, Jasmine. I really appreciate that. I swear you won't be hearing from me this much. <laughs> uh, we, we promise. We're kicking her out. Um, so um, that's the only piece of feedback we have. Um, Sarah, I know that you have officially retired the spiel, so I'll, I won't no, pass the spiel on. Yeah. So if you are interested in being a feedbacker, please, you can go to neuronomy.com and click on that talk to us. Like, and while you're there, by the way, hit the donate button. We kind of like money. Um, or while you're there, buy a t-shirt. Sean's wearing one right now, actually. It's very cool. Um, you can also reach nice us out. Nice of you to say uh, that, Brian. You can reach out to us on our social media. Uh, if you just go to the internet and type in neuronomy, I guarantee you're going to find us. We're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, and we're on Instagram. Uh, but the most important thing you can do is spread the word of nerd. Tell all your friends and family about this awesome podcast that we have and our social media presence because we want to b- build and have more listeners to enjoy us. And there you have it. I used to do it better. Yeah, well, Brian, I'm still yeah. getting used to it. I was going to say, <laughs> your charisma is palpable, Brian. I'm sure nobody turned off the podcast early. Oh, um, Brian mentioned social media. That book I mentioned, Secret History of Wonder Woman, I am giving away a copy of it too. So if you check our Facebook or Instagram, um, I'm actually going to extend it uh, until the end of the month. If you go and see Wonder Woman and in some way uh, also promote the show, um, a friend of mine went and she made a little nerdonomy sign and stuck it on the cardboard Wonder Woman standee outside the theater. Nice. Um, take a picture of you going to see Wonder Woman and promoting the show and post it on social media or Facebook our Instagram tag us in it or whatever um, at the end of the month I'll go through them and we'll we'll pick a winner and I will either mail probably mail you or hand you in person if you are the only one person who has entered right now um, <laughs> you 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 two could win a copy of that that book which I know may not be super exciting and like I super think it's nerdy, very but exciting I think it's awesome and I appreciate you for spearheading that and leading that <laughs> it's awesome um Sarah, thank you for returning. Yeah. You are welcome, everybody. Um, We will not be seeing you on the next episode. Nope. And we won't know when we're going to see you next. It'll be something big. We know that. Probably Star Wars. Maybe. Maybe Christmas episode. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Could hopefully both. Um, So, yeah. Uh, Nerds, it is that time. So, until we meet again, stay nerdy. Tune into our next exciting episode. Same nerd time. Same nerd channel. Nerdonomy.com. Bye. Bye. Later. Peace. And roll credits. And now, famous movie quotes you should not say. During sex. You have been my greatest love. Today, you become my greatest sorrow. Womp womp.